You are listening to Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people where we speak about critical issues in the blindness community from all over the world. And my name is Aaron Richmond. And of course, we should definitely start today's episode by saying good day. So I wonder what part of the world we're talking to. Maybe we have to go all the way down under for this one. Well, as a matter of fact, we'll talk about that in a minute. To join the public WhatsApp group, telephone number for that, or you just want to send me a text, get in contact with me, all of that, 1-240-681-9869, 1-240-681-9869. Aaron'sOpinion6 at gmail.com, A-A-R-O-N-S-O-P-I-N-I-O-N-6 at gmail.com. Of course, you can follow on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to comment below on YouTube, where most of you watch. And of course, also don't forget to become a patron on my Patreon page. If you would like to do so, I would appreciate the support. And of course, Aaron's Opinion is on Instagram at Aaron's Opinion. Spelled exactly how it sounds, no apostrophe. Spelled at the at sign and then A-A-R-O-N-S-O-P-I-N-I-O-N. Before I tell you about today's guest, I must tell you that I am very pleased and very excited and very proud here at Aaron's Opinion to say the following, that this episode, this episode of Aaron's Opinion is brought to you by Riverside FM. Hey guys, are you guys looking for a great way to record a podcast or an interview or maybe you're looking for a great place to have a webinar or host a meeting? Well, I have good news. Here at Aaron's Opinion, we now have officially partnered with Riverside FM. um, And Riverside FM has uh, helped me in recording today's interview segment. So you will be able to hear that this interview segment is, of course, in 4K video and 4K audio. That's the end result. Riverside FM, record podcasts and interviews from anywhere in the world. Um, It's really wonderful. All you need is Google Chrome or things like that to get started. Anyway, record podcast interviews from all over the world. Riverside FM. End result, 4K video. Thank you, Riverside FM. I will put the link... Uh, For more information, you guys can click the link for Riverside FM. I'm going to put it in the, now here's the thing, I'm going to put it in the comments section on Facebook, on the, when you listen to this episode on the Facebook page, I'm going to put the link in the comments, I'm going to put the link in the reply under the tweet for today's episode, and I'm going to put the, the, you know, the link uh, so that you can join Riverside Um, Of course, if you're a podcaster or you host interviews all the time, it would be useful. If you're just listening and you don't do any of that type of thing, then, you know, then I don't know. But anyway, um, it's it's great to know. So, yeah, I'm going to put the link. It's an excellent, excellent platform. Five stars, no question. So I'm going to put that link in the comment section here on Facebook. YouTube and Instagram, you're going to see it under under the comments tab and then go to uh, Twitter and then you'll be able to see Riverside FM in the reply under this tweet. All right? Okay. Well, I started this episode by saying g'day, so we have to go all the way down under for this one. You know, guys, there just comes a time in every podcaster's life where I'm going to be really straight up, as as I always am, um, never wanted to give the impression that I'm, you know, not forthcoming, what I am, by the way. But... I don't know. You know, it's just one of these really interesting philosophical days and really interesting philosophical conversation to to present to you today. 
Uh, many years ago, at least one or two years ago, um, I was on various Facebook groups and I, I came across a person by the name of Penny Lawler. And Penny is a, well, I'm 30 years old when I'm, well, when I'm recording this intro, I'm 30 years old. By the time you listen, I'll be 31. Um, And Penny was posting a lot of very interesting things about spiritual health and healing and things like that. And I I do vaguely remember that a couple years ago before Aaron's opinion was, you know, doing the things that the wonderful things that we do for you each week here on the podcast we were doing, I was doing smaller um, episodes and, and, you know, and I, I didn't have as much experience back then. I wasn't as knowledgeable about the podcast ecosystem at that point, you know, back a couple years ago. Well, I remember that I messaged Penny and said, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast and things like that? Um, and you know, we kind of, you know, in all honesty, from a couple years back, we kind of forgot about each other. And then in a very ironic twist of fate, as we say, Penny actually sent me a message a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, saying, hey, can I be on your podcast? And just, you know, as we say, the stars aligned. And it was just one of these conversations that was really meant to be. Um, So it was someone that I never, I never actually thought that I would end up interviewing Penny Lawler, but I'm forever grateful that I have. And she is a forever member of the Aaron's Opinion family. Don't ever forget that. Um, so basically the story is this, this is one of these conversations that was just meant to be a meant to be conversation, just happened to have it. And I'm so glad that now we, now we know from Penny. So now we know her. She is a woman who's older than me. She's in her fifties. Um, like me, she, and she's not afraid to admit it. So I'm going to say it and, and, uh, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, uh, well, for me to say it to you this way, um, how do I put it? It's a little unsettling for me to, to me to, to say this, but as many of you can tell and know, especially the people who know me personally, know that I'm, um, I consider myself, in my opinion, I am uh, mildly autistic and very mildly on the Asperger's uh, spectrum, and so is Penny. Um, <laughs> and um, I was wondering, I was asking her a question before we got into Riverside and started recording. I was asking her, Penny, are we going to be able to speak for, for the entire hour? Um, so here's the thing. You kind of have to listen carefully to this episode because Penny doesn't shut up. She just, I couldn't, it was kind of hard for me to talk, luckily because she's one of these people that just loves to talk. She just wouldn't shut up. And I just loved it. Um, so, you know, uh, but you know, you know, you know, between you and I, between you and I and the, in, 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 in the listeners, we kind of had to cut her off at the end. You know, we didn't want to run up the bill or anything, you know, but anyway, she, she doesn't, she doesn't need to know about that. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking around anyway, but yeah, we, I kind of had to get her under control a couple of times because, you know, I needed to ask certain questions, but she's just one of these people that just loves to talk. And basically what happened to her in her life is, um, Well, now that I'm sitting here actually recording this intro, I forget now because I record things on different days, as all of us do. I forget. (laughs) I guess we're going to have to all go listen. We're going to have to listen to the episode together, I guess. Now I forget what she said. She was either born blind or she lost. I think she might have lost her vision as a teenager, but I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Um, But she says it very clearly in the episode. So it's not even you know, you don't have to worry about figuring that out. Um, So anyway, she lost her vision. Um. And she explained the whole story. It was very complicated and, and 
Um, I mean this in a good way, very, not really convoluted, but in a very involved and there's a lot of different, you know, moving parts to her story that you really have to understand. So anyway, that was cool. And then um, she got into a an, an abusive marriage. And right here, I need to say trigger warning. The following episode of Aaron's Opinion contains graphic mentions of attempted uh, suicide, drug use, violence, sexual abuse, um, you know, br- brutality. Uh, again, as I like to say, if you are sensitive um, about any of these topics, if you don't want to be traumatized, do not listen to this episode because this is a this is a disturbing in many respects. This is a very, very, very disturbing episode, especially when Penny Penny addresses the issues of abuse in her marriage and her divorce and everything. Anyway, though, um, one of the things that really you know, impresses me. And the thing that I learned from Penny in this evening's conversation when I was sitting there, uh, by the way, I recorded this episode on the 26th of March at 1924 New York. Um, so it was a after dinner on the, on the 26th of March. And, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. I, I kind of needed at that, I'm fine now. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing wonderfully now as always, but that, you know, that particular day I kind of needed, I kind of needed some, uh, I would say that I needed, um, how do I put it? I kind of needed, I kind of needed to have, to have a philos, I kind of needed to have a philo- philosophical, philosophical conversation. So I'm really glad that Penny was able to provide that for me and, and to teach me things such as you really, you really have to learn. And this is hard for the younger listeners Um, although young people are not really, are not allowed to listen to me. I I, I have a rule about that. You have to be an adult to listen to us. But, um, anyone who's in their twenties or thirties knows how hard this is. But one of the, one of the things that Penny wanted, wants you to know, wants you to learn is that when you're forgiving someone for the wrong that, that they did to do, did that they did to you, you aren't forgiving that person for the fact that they wronged you, you're forgiving that person because you want to forgive yourself for holding a grudge against the wrong that was done. And that's a very mature and a very beautiful and a very moving uh, message that I want you to take home and, and remember. Um, and it's pretty cool. You know, I have to practice it in my own life. Um, it's not easy to do it, but once you learn it, it's a really good thing to know. All right. Okay. So she talked about her life, her children, her family, and her love that she has for people and her love that she has for the world and the universe around her. So it was just all in all, one of those conversations that was a absolutely beautiful conversation. And I'm so glad, absolutely so glad uh, that uh, I had, that I had this conversation. Okay. So Um, What should we call this episode? Well, let me tell you, as I said before, the following episode of Aaron's Opinion was recorded on the 26th of March at 1924, New York. It was sometime on the next morning in Australia, because, you know, with the time zone gaps, it was quite severe and all of that. Um, We do have listeners in Australia, and I'm sure when this episode comes out, we'll have even more listeners in Australia. Okay, so let's get in. So let's... uh, so let's um, so let's dig into the episode today. Let's let's get started here. Um, yeah. So today's episode was recorded on the twenty sixth of March at nineteen twenty four, New York, and now it is definitely the first of September, which is a Thursday. 
It is approximately about 12 minutes after 12 o'clock here on the East Coast of the United States, but we know that you guys are listening from all over the world. And so now, let's listen to Penny's Journey. And you need to listen for why journey is important. It's very important in this episode. Clue in, key in for the word journey. This is Penny's Journey, and now... It's 12 o'clock, it's Thursday, that means it's time for Aaron's opinion on Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network. Hello, I'm Philip Anderson from Against the Odds, the human interest by a monthly motivational podcast which celebrates the lives of those who have conquered in the face of adversity. For more ways to listen and to request to be a guest, visit www.againsttheoddpodcast.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people where we speak about critical issues in the blindness community. By the way, this episode is, of course, brought to you by Riverside FM. I'll tell you more about that later in the description of the video or in the comments. Today's guest is, of course, uh, Penny Lawler. Um, You join us, as I understand it, from Australia. And Penny, as I like, I like to say, I like to start every episode of Aaron's Opinion uh, the very same by saying, who is Penny Lawler? Go right ahead. Okay. Um, I'm a 51-year-old female, um, recently divorced. I have two adult daughters. Um, I'm legally blind. I have a condition called retinitis pigmentosa, so I've slowly over time lost my peripheral vision um currently i've got very little to speak of um i i just get on with life you know i was deemed legally blind the year that i turned 30 um, but i've never been able to see in the dark i wasn't diagnosed with rp till i was close to 18 years old and my father who i inherited it through my mum carried it without knowing didn't get diagnosed till he was in his 40s um, because that was when I got diagnosed so he went to see someone. Um, It's been a challenge throughout my life but it's never really stopped me doing anything because I'm very stubborn and persistent and fiercely independent to a fault at times unfortunately but few things that have happened in my life over the past few years have made me face my condition um, and accept help where I need it. Um, You know, with my 30-year relationship, 25-year marriage ending, I no longer had a husband, but I also lost my two adult daughters, one of them for two years. I've had her back in for over close to a year now. Unfortunately, my 23, nearly 24-year-old still won't speak to me um, because their father filled their heads with lies and untruths. She has Asperger's, my youngest, 
so she obviously doesn't process things the same, especially when it comes to emotions and feelings. My ex-husband also has Asperger's, as well as being a narcissistic sociopath. So he has brainwashed her like he did me, and she won't speak to me. Um, that's been harder than losing my sight, because my children are my world, always will be, especially as I was told at 18 years old that I'd never have children. I wouldn't be able to fall pregnant, but they were my little miracles. So, yeah, they're very, very important to me. Um, oh, I don't want to keep just talking, Aaron. You talk too. <laughs> I'm feeling... Uh, you know, I grew, I, I was born in Cambridge, England. My family emigrated as permanent residents to Sydney in 1972. So I wasn't even two years old. So I have very few clear memories of the UK. Um, we lived there, oh, I should step back. We left England because of my ill health. I was born as a chronic asthmatic. And if I cried, I had an asthma attack and would stop breathing. Um, also had a lot of allergies and so forth as relates to being an asthmatic. Doctors suggested that my family move to a warmer climate. Um, Dad had always been wanting to move to Australia because it just seemed like a great place to go. You're living in cold England. <laughs> um, you know, my parents married at 18 years old, so they were young and in love and, you know, had three children by this stage. I'm the youngest. I have a sister nearly six years older and a brother nearly five years older than myself. Um, they have not inherited RP, which is wonderful. I'm very pleased to hear that. Um, we're part of a genetic research team. And because my dad was the person who had the disease and my mum carried it, They're very lucky that I was the only one that got it because every child they had, without them realising, had a 50-50 chance. I think we have thrown at us in life what we can deal with and I'm quite proud of the fact that I know I'm the strongest one out of all of us, so that's why I've coped. I don't think either my sister or my brother would have. Um, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm a little bit, you know, put on this hard shell on the outside, but my feelings run very deep and I've just got on with life you know um, I only stopped working just over six years ago um, I've had three careers really throughout my life I was a veterinary nurse from the age of 14 I worked after school and I worked there till I finished high school um, went to work at another veterinary clinic um, after that I came down with arthritis in my legs. Um, at the time, they didn't have a name for it. It was unable to be detected through blood tests. They now call it inflammatory juvenile arthritis. Nine months, I was in a wheelchair because I could not walk. My knees would collapse if I stood up. And I went from being a very thin, 45 kilo sporty woman or young girl who couldn't walk for nine months. So that was a challenging and, and quite emotional experience. Um, 
I kept persevering and pushing and going to different doctors and searching for answers. I also suffer from a lot of allergies and all the medications they were giving me that were anti-inflammatories, I was allergic to. So I got very bad stomach pains from it all. Eventually, they actually put me on prednisolone, a steroid, and I was one of the first people to ever go on it for arthritis anywhere in the world. Um, and it worked. It got it under control. As soon as I could get up and walk again, I went out and got myself another job. Um, I had a short stint in a retirement village in reception, and then I, this was obviously pre-children, I was approached from someone else I knew about getting involved in workers' compensation for the workers, not for an insurance company, but helping workers who were having trouble having their claims accepted. Um, I've always been passionate for the underdog. Insurers get paid a lot of damn money and don't like paying it back out, so the idea excited me. Knew nothing about it, but was willing to learn and a quick learner, good typer, could still have, still drove then because I had very good day vision still. Um, I ran that until I fell pregnant with my daughter, my eldest daughter. Uh, the unit actually closed because they lost funding. And then just over two years later, I fell pregnant with my second child. Miracle of all miracles. So I'd had one. They said I'd never have any. And then I had another one, which was just such a blessing. Very different ex mothering experience, though, when you've had, when you have a child such as my firstborn, Danielle, stunning child, beautiful inside and out, her soul, you know, giving, caring, works easily in groups and is parts of teams and just blends in, you know, was a very happy child. I thought, oh, great, motherhood's great. But I didn't feel very good about myself at that time. I didn't know I was suffering from postnatal depression. Quite severe. I was diagnosed when she was 18 months old. So I was actually pregnant with my second child. And I was still on antidepressants. And they didn't take me off them because it was so bad. I really thought the world would be better off without me. That's how bad I felt. Um, had Emily, my second child. Beautiful, beautiful soul. But I knew from the day she was born that she was different. There was a there was a flatness in her expression. She wasn't able to like you knew when she was happy because her eyes would light up. But when I look at photos of her, then and now even, there's a flatness there. Unless she's with someone that accepts her and she connects with. Otherwise, she's just standing there. She doesn't interact very easily. My mum, I was very thankful, was able to look after my kids when I went back to part-time work. I didn't want, because I didn't want to put them in daycare and she didn't want them to go. So she came to our home and cared for them. So there was no change in their routine. I realised that I needed to learn how to be the best mum for my daughter he was going to have challenges. So I went back to school and I became a mainstream special education assistant. And then I did my cert for after that in special needs alone because I just wanted to be the best mum I could be for her. 
<laughs> I had to threaten the education department with discrimination because they weren't going to let me do the course because of my visual impairment. And when you become a Cert 4 special needs, special needs EA, you have to legally take on duty of care of your students. So their best interests have got to come first. And I said, do you really think I would put a child at risk knowing my background? Because I was also I was a scout leader for many years with our local scout group, which I loved as well. They got a person to call me in to the enrolment office who I'd known from the year before when I did my Cert 3. He's actually deaf. So she has her own challenges in life to question me. Now, I was so angry because I'd excelled at my Cert 3. I was nominated for Student of the Year by this person who I was now being speaking to. And I was very, very angry and hurt. And I don't know. She said, Penny, can you tell me what colour my eyes are? She said, I'm so sorry I've got to ask you these questions, but concerns have been voiced among the lecturers. And I went, yeah, Jane, your eyes are effing black because I was mad. <laughs> I said, what other stupid questions are you, have you been put in the position of asking me? I said, because this is ridiculous. I said, I've worked for law firms for 10 years. Where should I send the discrimination suit to? I said, I would never put a child at risk. And the day that I feel I cannot take on duty of care with a child, either as an EA, with special needs, you're generally a teacher because you work one-on-one, -on -one, and as a scout leader for children from the age of five through to 26. I said, I would never put anybody at risk because of my disability. And the day I felt that I couldn't look after this particular child, who was year six, but six foot tall, and I'm only five foot one. No verbal skills. <laughs> no, this was um, this, this child who I not Tom his name was, which I don't mind saying because he has passed away from the illness that he suffered from. But he had no, no speech skills, no social skills, lived in his own world. I felt that I couldn't catch him if he took off from me because he was damn fast. And he actually, we had to go into the disabled toilet with him. He pinned me up against the wall one day and it terrified me because I thought, this young child is stronger than me, he's bigger than me, he could hurt me without even realising it. And he started to mature and everything. And I just didn't feel that I could safely do that anymore. So I resigned. Um, and I've only done relief work for the last five years in the union office that I used to um, help out in that was in the same building. And now I am adjusting to one, being single, after being with a very controlling 10-year-old man from the age of 20, who wasn't very nice as we had our children because he no longer had me to himself. That's when I realised how severe his problems were. But I'm not one to hold grudges. I'm not one to judge and I'm not a negative person. I've had to stay positive to keep my perseverance and ability to fight everything that's been thrown at me. Because altogether I have eight autoimmune diseases. So the lovely COVID injection that we've all been having has brought them all to life at the same time, which has not been very pleasant. But again, 
I'll get through it. I'll get through it because you have to, you know. Um, I'm rambling, Aaron. I can't just keep talking. Good. Yeah. I've got Good. so much. Good. My, my, my life is, it's been very, here, here, very I, challenging, so, you know. I know. I've been, I, so I've been podcasting for a couple of years. Mm. I can, I can tell you how the, here, let me, let me show you how this, how this thing works. Okay. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi, Penny. Um, my name again. Um, is Aaron Richmond. My, you know, my coffee. I, I was, I was drawn to you and I just kind of had a feeling that this was the type of conversation that we needed to sit down and have today. And I am so right. Oh, thank you. Um, ev everything you've said has just spoken to me so clearly in mm. many different reasons. This particular episode will air out in a, in a few months time. But at this mm -hmm. moment when we're sitting here, I, I'm I'm going through a I'm also overcoming some small challenges during my mm -hmm. life at this moment, and I just cannot thank you enough for reminding me to persevere. That's a very it's, very it's good very, good reminder um, that so many people choice. in the community yeah. need need to hear. Need they to do. Hear. So there's always yeah. someone worse off than us. Is the way I've looked at life. Right. No, no matter how sick mm -hmm. I've been or you know depressed, because depression I've got I've been diagnosed with severe clinical depression with a few complicating factors. My upbringing was very poor and a little bit dysfunctional with a lot of alcohol in the house. Um, my brother moved over east to live with our biological father. When I was 11, he was 15, and my mum had a nervous breakdown. My sister was just moved out of home and married. She married young as well. So I literally raised myself from the age of 11. So I had to rely, I only had me to rely on. But I've never, ever discussed this with my mum because I don't blame her. She was unwell. She wasn't well. But I always wondered why I felt so different than the rest of my family because they, my brother and sister loved my mum. I love my mum, but I didn't get – I was never close to her until two years ago or nearly three years ago when my marriage ended for the second time because I told her some home truths that someone should have told her years ago which I never wanted to do because I respect and love her so much. But everybody walked on paddle, little, on their tippy toes around my mum because she'd been spoiled her whole life in England, married very young. My, my biological dad spoiled her. We emigrated out to Australia. Two years later, they separated. And mum met a new man. They're still together now, my stepfather. I'm about to change my surname by Deepol to his surname because my biological father passed away um, 21 years ago, actually, this year. Um, and my stepfather, I consider my dad. He's the most important man I've had in my life. He accepted myself and my brother and sister unconditionally, um, even though there were lots of money, you know, lack of money challenges. We didn't know that as kids. It was only as I got older that I noticed they drank a lot. And then when David left, my brother, I've never seen. My mum never used to drink. And she started to drink when she had a nervous breakdown. And my whole life changed, um, not in a positive way, unfortunately. But I just kept on going because that's what we do. We can't let our challenges defeat us. We have to arise above it and keep going. And that's how I've got through everything. And I've had a lot more happen <laughs> over the years, but I've always yeah. the positive road, you know.
Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't hold grudges. I forgive for me, not for the people who do bad against me. I don't have to ever speak right. to them again if I don't want to, but I forgive for That's me. True. So they don't have any power over me anymore. It took me a long time You're to get very- there. You know, you know, you know what, Penny, that's something that I need to learn how to do that in my own life. You know, you're already helping me. That's something that I need to use that skill in my own life. But when you're 30 years old, like me, that's a lot harder to understand. That's right. Yeah. I was a young mum at your age, you know, Um, and getting to realize that my marriage wasn't quite how I expected it would be. Um, Marrying a, a countryman from the, you know, he would grew up on a wheat and sheep farm went to boarding school, all of the best, went back and worked on the farm. Um, I've known his family since I was 12, but he was nearly 10 years older. I had a crush on him when I was in my teens, but, you know, he showed a lot of respect and, no, 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 you're too young. Um, But when I broke up from a four-year relationship at 20 from a man that I've been with since I was 16, um, my late father-in-law invited me up the farm. And I never got to the farm, but then he said, well, come up to Moor River, which is a little coastal holiday town. Come and have a break, because he knew I worked hard. And I went up there, thankfully, because I got on well with his dad. He's like a grandfather, because I never had a grandfather figure in my life. They were in England, of course. I hadn't seen them since I was four. God. Anyway, um, Eddie turned up, my ex-husband, the second night I was there. And... I invited him for dinner, and we were together ever since. But we didn't live together for five years. He was on the family farm, nearly two hours' drive away. I was running the law firm office in workers' comp. I liked being alone. I liked living alone. I'd moved out at 17 and lived independently on my own financially and everything from the age of 17. There's things I'm not really comfortable talking about were happening at home, which... To this day, no one else knows. I had actually blacked it out and it only came out four years ago in therapy. I had flashbacks about some horrible, horrible things that were going on. Again, protected my family. I've never told any of them. I've just dealt with it. I realised that my marriage couldn't continue when I went home that day from day therapy and asked him for some comfort because I'd had some horrible flashbacks. And he turned around and he said, don't you drag us down with you. And I said, I beg your pardon. <laughs> I'm just asking you for your support, you know. Um, and I accepted him with all his differences and quirks and understood that he didn't express his love for me because he wasn't taught how to. And being Asperger, they struggle that way. I covered for him with his social inabilities and so forth. And I remember our youngest daughter at 16 come home from school and sit on the couch. And so I'm going to get emotional. And she said, I don't know if dad even likes me, let alone loves me. And I said, oh, sweetheart, of course he does. You know, he's your dad. I said, he wasn't taught how to show that he loves you, but he works away because he worked in the mines. Two weeks on, one week off, and then one week on, one week off. I said, he shows how much he loves us by providing so well for us because that's how he was taught to shop. I said, don't ever doubt that he loves you. But he was so, oh, he was so cruel to her because she challenged him and he, she made him 
have to accept that he was different and he had Asperger's because he would never, ever go and get diagnosed. I never forced my daughter to either because she didn't want a label. We did go to a psychiatrist when she was about seven. She was an arrogant, rude gentleman who got barred, disbarred the next year for his treatment of female patients because he wouldn't accept that female Asperger children showed very different um, symptoms than male Asperger children. And he told her that she was just a naughty girl and needed to do what she was told. We walked out of there and she said, well, Mum, I told you that would be a waste of time. He doesn't know me at all, does he? You know, because she was just so <laughs> blunt, you know. Um, I yeah. loved that side of it because I thought it was quite cheeky, you know. I very hard, with very hard work and persistence, we taught her that people didn't understand her bluntness and straightforward speaking. So just to mm -hmm. turn it back a wee bit, you know. Um, she had two very good friends her whole school life. Isaac, a boy, he's six months younger than her, but they were in kindy together. They're still best friends, best of friends. They're both quirky, intelligent nerds, as they call themselves. They love to play Dungeons and Dragons still. There's a group of them that play the board game Dungeons and Dragons. Um, they always followed the rules and things that we as parents put in place. Um, just good kids, you know. Um, but he's turned her against me and I don't know what to do. I've asked for advice from all the specialists in the area I know because she's so she's so intelligent that she was off the charts in year three in primary school. The reason she wasn't finishing tests is because she couldn't not put everything down. So she person and therefore things weren't finished. Her teacher got permission to test her verbally and she was off the charts. So from then on in, she felt accepted by the staff and just excelled. She was in PIAC, which is a primary school extension program, as was my other daughter. And they were both in the academic extension programs in high school. So Emily is in her final year of her mechatronic and mechanical engineering degree. And my eldest daughter, Danielle, has a she has her master's and her bachelor's in biomedical science and molecular biology. She took a year off. She lectures one day a week at Murdoch Uni where she went. And she's gone back this year to further further her master's and do a, it's to do with speech pathology, but more of the research side of it. She's passionate about research because they unfortunately grew up seeing their mum not very well at times. Always tried to, um, protect them from my problems because you don't involve kids in that sort of thing. Um, but she knew more than I realised and she's passionate about finding cures and relief for people that are suffering. So, yeah. Um, where do you want me to go from here? Well, I, <laughs> I want to ask you some, so I have some questions. Yes, okay. If you don't mind um, if I drink my coffee. No, go for it. Thank I'm you. not stopping you. Just got to take my tablet. Go for it. Of course. Um, 
You know, everything you've said has, as I've said, have been so, you've been so relatable to me uh, as, Mm -hmm. you know, professionally speaking as, as a talk show host, but then Mm -hmm. just on a one-to-one level, I also have Asperger's. Um, I'm so comfortable. I knew that. You didn't have to tell me that. Well, well, you're right. I didn't, you're (laughs) you're right. I didn't know that you could probably tell. Um, And and you're, you're, you know what, you're absolutely right. You know, in the States too, there's a huge stigma. People don't um, understand. And I remember, I, I remember that um, I had a, I had a teacher, um, I had a teacher growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll call this teacher. Let's call her. Let's imagine that it was a woman, and let's call her Miss Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and Miss Smith is not her real name. We'll just say Miss Smith. Yeah. And Miss Smith was someone who also had Aspergers, and okay. she re- and she, she refused somebody to teach. Who could... And and she refused actually. She refused to teach me in her course Why? for many reasons. Why? Because because um, the reason that Miss Smith gave is that she she got divorced mm. and she had Aspergers. So that means apparently huh? in Miss Smith's mind that meant that she couldn't teach blind people. So that's just what that kind of reminded me of. And oh, then that's you talk funny. About you. Sorry. Um, no problem. So, you know, it's just you bring you bring up these great things and then it, it, it mm. conjures up other things in my mind that, yep. you know, made, made me made me think of that person. Um, yeah. But I will tell you that, you know, so for us people who have Asperger's, it is, mm. you know, for the record, it's tough it's just, because it's we do struggle with, yeah, you know, the relationships and really understanding and emotion. And, 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 and by the way, the I, it I, does. Right, right. And I I think that it's very important to remember that there is still not an excuse. Even if you have no, Asperger's, you my daughter was, to be My successful. daughter had boundaries. She had rules and she had consequences. She struggled right. accepting Absolutely. She accepting and it's very, life, very important. And in my she, case, my, um, along with along with my my blindness glaucoma congenital mm. heart defect that I have mm. um I noticed that I was a little bit a little bit Asperger around high school um just I just wasn't you know I just wasn't maturing at the same rate and you struggled and socially right and something mm. was just sort of something was just sort of sneaking around and then eventually yeah. um I started to figure it out and then my mother started reading books Makes about feel, it but like, but well, my, my daughter well, didn't but, understand but the, why people wouldn't right. play with her she didn't understand yeah. she wasn't rough or violent she just told them as right. it was and yeah, I must well, say I'm a little bit I say to people I'm not on the well Everybody is on the spectrum. Everybody alive. But you've got to get past those points before you're diagnosed, as you would know. Um, right, right. You know, I got, I've been trained in the area, so I'm fully aware of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm very honest. I'm very upfront mm-hmm. and straightforward. And I say to someone, if, if they ask me my opinion, I say, do you want to know my answer? Because you may not like it. Yeah. Because I will yeah. say what I think and tell you exactly. the truth of what I have seen and experienced with the problem you're having. I said, no, I won't hold back. So unless you really want to hear the truth, not sugar-coated, please don't ask me. That Yeah, same way. Same way. Yeah. Same way, baby. It yeah. helped me, helped me <laughs> in good stead when I worked for lawyers. Um, yeah. Because I stood up to my bosses and I stood up to the yeah. insurance company. Yeah. But in other parts of my life, <laughs> it's got me in a little bit of trouble. Um, as well, in people thinking I'm being nasty, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I just am no. upfront. I don't hold back. But, right, and uh, and you know, I've had to learn how to how to get a grip on it. I've had to learn to you know remind myself. Hey, just remember that in the not back everybody. Of my mind, hey, like I have Asperger's. I need. I need. I always have to think. 
Is this something I really want to say? Because American people are really sensitive. So you have to be really careful in the States about what you say to people. I taught Um, my daughter mm -hmm. mindfulness. If you are mindful and practice living your life in mindfulness, you will cope really well with Asperger's because you do stop and think before it comes out your mouth. Right. That's, you know what? I love, I love, I just love your advice. Are, are you a podcaster? You need to be. No. you're I've, giving really, really good advice. I've always been the type of person that wants to stand up for the underdog. Um, but being in the situation I was in for my childhood and then my marriage, I felt right. very, um, I felt worthless and I didn't believe mm-hmm. in myself and I didn't believe that I was good for anything because one, I had severe depression so you're stuck in that black hole. I wasn't allowed to go to a psychiatrist because my husband wouldn't let me. I went to my GP who counseled me wonderfully, but didn't give me the skills to get through it quicker. I ended up in Perth Clinic, which is a private mental health facility for a week when I got a step back. I broke up with my husband the first time nearly eight years ago. It was really hard to do and I was really scared because I know he's vindictive and I know his father had died two years before and he'd inherited a lot of land and a lot of money, which I was not interested in because I'm not money driven. As long as you've got a roof over your head, you're happy, you're clean, your tummy's full and you can give a bit to charities and live happily, that's enough for me. He tried to get me committed secretly by going to our daughters who were over 18 and telling them things about me that weren't true. But I'm a sleepwalker, okay? You can talk to me in my sleep and I will answer you. But the next day, I won't remember the conversation. So they were telling me things, thinking I was awake when I was asleep. So I was, I I didn't physically awake, no. We'd had the conversations. He convinced them that I was awake and I just didn't care. I'd lost interest. They'd moved out of home together because we were a a long way from their university, so they moved out into an apartment together. They were very blessed to get a very generous trust fund from their late late grandfather, which they're very thankful for. but I, when, when I separated from him the first time, I approached the trust lawyer to get my daughters an allowance while they studied because that's what their, their grandfather wanted. He didn't want them stressed. He wanted, to be able, wanted them to be able to concentrate on their studies. I got them 500 bucks a week, which they've received since they started university. And so that's $2,000 a month, which is a lot of money for young, young people. Um, and... As I said, my youngest, my eldest, had job, three jobs at one time because she was so determined to be independent because I taught them to be everything I wasn't taught. <laughs> that is strong, independent, financially independent and take no shit from no one, especially a man. But it must have been very confusing to them because they were witnessing their father be disrespectful to me. I explained to them that I accepted a lot more than most women would because I knew he had Asperger's. So I I set that boundary a little bit wider. But when he started becoming emotionally, monetarily and physically 
and sexually abusive. I drew the line, but it took me a long time to get out safely. In the last stages, he used to lock me in the house, take my keys, break my phone. My phone and my tablet and everything is, is my how I, how I communicate because of my blindness. Tried to make me keep driving after it was safe because it was beneficial to him. When I look back at it, I think he was probably trying to kill me off type thing. Um, I walked out of that marriage with the house I'm in, which was our first marital home with our children. It's a little three by one, which I'm happy with. Three bedroom, one bathroom. I don't need a big house. It's too hard to keep clean when you can't see. Um, and I can't find any cleaners that do it any good because I'm a bit fussy. Mainly for health reasons. I've got allergies to dust and dust mites, you know, anaphylaxis from it. So the house has to be clean. I walked away from my claim on his land to try to convince my children that what he said to them wasn't true. And I didn't want the money. I walked away from 750000 Australian dollars because it's... I just want my kids back in my life and a, and a roof over my head. He has the farm, the land, all the investor trust and the other big house that we were in as a family. I don't care. I just wanted to be free from being... I had a bit of a clarity moment when my depression really came under control with medication and psychiatry help because I'd never looked into myself. And I did cognitive cognitive behavioural therapy. Most people do it over 10 weeks. I did it in 10 days because I'm a bit impatient at learning things when I want to learn. It's the best thing I ever did. It changed my life. I realised that I'd been taught by him um, to think negatively about every thought that went in my head instead of turning it around to positive before it actually formed. And CBT teaches you to change your neural pathways of thinking and it bloody works. It was amazing the change I felt within myself. Um, but I didn't tell you. After 10 months of being separated and close to a $1.5 million settlement, I took him back because I felt sorry for him. Forgot that, didn't I? <laughs> um, I struggle with not helping people too. So being caring and thoughtful and wanting to help has its downfalls because people take advantage of you. They take advantage of your niceness and your generosity. And I have, I'm an empath. I have empathic abilities. I just know things sometimes. I know things about people. Um, I can calm animals with my touch. I can see people's auras. Um, just sounds weird. I have loved ones who die, talk to me. Growing up, I always felt different than my family and thought I was actually schizophrenic because I'd hear voices and I put them as different people in my head. And I now realise that it was the spiritual side. I've never trained in it and I don't want to. What comes to me comes to me. I've got enough challenges in life without dealing with people who have died. That's true. You have to, you have yeah, to deal you, with them when they're alive. Enough, yeah, you have you enough, know? Yeah, you have enough yeah. challenges with, with the living. You don't need I to, to further so, the dead. Yeah. I I got in contact with the person who taught me to block it because you have to learn huh. how to block it out and that's what I do. Huh. I get up every morning and I put on what I call my Technicolor dream coat which protects me from spirits who really just want to give people messages 
Right. Just leave me alone. If I want to let you in, I will. But I can't live with you coming to me all the time. I've got enough things to deal with in life. Um, but you also have bad spirits try to come through. I'm not going to go into that now because you'll try to get me put in a mental hospital and think I'm insane about what happened. Um, That's all right. No, you're not insane. It was very, no, yeah, no, 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 but it, it made me question myself. Sure, because sure. I had, I had malevolent spirits in my other home and hmm. they were affecting me badly. They were making my health issues worse. Um, it's probably why I got as sick as I did. I do have illnesses. I have, do you know what Barrett's esophageal disease is? I, I do not know. Um. Do you know what gourd is? Gastroesophageal reflux disease. Nice. I can't eat anything. Can't eat anything okay. acidy because the the gastric acids in my stomach come back up. Indeed. When you have that, I also have a bit of a complication that I have a six centimeter hiatal hernia, which allows the acids to come up anyway, which can't be repaired where it's where it's located. When you constantly have that for years, and no medications helped me, I tried. They just didn't help or I was allergic to them. You end up with um, ulcers in your throat, like in your esophagus, and tubers in your stomach. And they have to watch that they don't turn cancerous. Um, for a few years, I was going every three months for gastroscopies because the doctor was so worried. My ex-husband chose to take me off to private health insurance. I'm going to have to wait about a year now to go and have one. And I'm terrified that these, because I've been left with lesions in my throat. Sometimes I can't swallow properly because they get inflamed. I'm going to lose all my teeth because the acid has destroyed my teeth ooh, below yeah. the gums. Below the gums. Ooh, la, la. They're all ooh, loose. Ooh, la, la. They're loose. They're all loose. So not a very pleasant thing to have to look <laughs> forward to. But I'll face it. I've said to my friends, just don't make fun of me for having no teeth while I save up to get one at a time put in with those metal post things because I don't have the money to do it. Um, but I'll deal with it. Well, good, I'll still good. get out and you about, know, you know, you just get on. I have beautiful, absolutely. You're doing a beautiful job. I, I have a really, I have a really, a really direct question. I've never, yeah, sure. I, you know, as a podcaster, I've never felt the need to ask it because it's never come up so beautifully. Um, I might be, you know, in some sort of a, I'm I'm really I'm really this is gonna get exciting. I'm in some sort it. of a group on I'm in some sort of a group on Facebook mm -hmm. where the people in the group are single yeah. like me, men and women, and they're looking to find to find a partner moment. or something like that. Mm. What is some what is some really good advice that you have um, from a blindness think... perspective, Aspergery perspective okay. about you know navigating that world? On your first meeting with a future date or partner. Tell them of your disability. Right. I've never, right, okay, I've never do even not, met anyone in real do life. Do not by the way. be like, ashamed. Do not be ashamed of your disability because it makes us stronger people. It makes us more tolerant people. And it makes us more loving and understanding people because we've faced challenges our whole lives. So we have empathy. Even if you're not empathic, you have empathy because you understand the challenges that other people face. Um, Go on dating sites. There's nothing wrong with them. As long as you vet the people before you meet them, meet them 
in a public environment so that you're safe. Do police checks on them. Make sure you're safe. <laughs> this is gonna you're gonna Cream. be stalk their Facebook page. Yeah. And find out what they do and what they like to do and their history and background. Because that's your right to feel safe. And just take it slow. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. I've never had a I've never had a lot of partners. I've only had two serious relationships from sixteen to twenty and then twenty to forty eight. So mm. and neither of them were very um thoughtful men. <laughs> I now look back and realise. But I tolerated a lot more than most women would. Because I've always just wanted to be loved and accepted and not have to worry where the next meal's coming from. And my husband provided that for me and my children. He gave them experiences that I never had growing up. You know, they both went on scout jamborees to different states at the right, at particular ages. As a family, we went on an international jamboree with scouting to Sri Lanka. Um, you know, we've taken them over to see my brother over east when they have snow because we don't have snow in WA except for a long way away in the ranges and it's not skiing snow. Um, you know, we, I love Indonesia. I would live there if I could in Bali. They are the kindest, most accepting, caring and compassionate people I've ever met. And I'm treated with respect over there. I have people, had a woman cut me off about two months ago with my white cane. She kicked it that hard that it bent at a 90-degree angle at the bottom join, second join, actually, it bent the steel. She just kept walking. I had another woman cut me off, and she tripped over my cane and fell flat on her face. I felt terrible, but it wasn't my fault. She wasn't watching where she no. was going. A security guard at the shopping centre saw her get up and start abusing me. She had a blood nose. He came over and he says, how dare you yell at this poor wow. woman? You cut her That's off. okay. That's cool. You know, that that's cool. cool that a security card defended so, you. That's only, cool. It's the only time I've ever had it in Australia, ever, anywhere in Australia. But in Bali, I can walk past two shops and they'll very politely ask what my cane is because they don't have them over there. Retinitis pigmentosa is very prevalent in Indonesia. They call it chicken eyes. It's Because chicken eyes, yeah, yeah. Chickens, chickens can't see in the dark. RP sufferers don't have purple vision. So, oh, you have chicken eyes. Two men, grown men, broke down in tears when, when I explained to them that I don't see very well. It's just compassion and caring and genuine. Um, it's a beautiful country. I'd love to live there. But my life's gone a different way. So I'll holiday there when all these diseases are under control again. I go to the same place every time I go so that I'm safe and familiar with the surroundings. And they all remember me because I'm the only person they've ever seen with a white cane before. And I talk to them politely. So I don't understand people who are rude in other countries. Just be polite. Yeah. That's all we need to do yeah. is be polite and respect one another. It'd be a much nicer kind of world. So, it would be a lot, a much hmm. nicer and kinder world. Apps, I... <laughs> I, I salute you for saying that. I completely mm. agree. And I, and Absolutely. I people with disabilities give so much more in ways that people who aren't challenged can't do because we've faced so much adversary 
all our lives. So if we can overcome that, we've got that base and grounding to offer and share with people who aren't challenged with a disability and are still not very nice people. So yeah, absolutely. I just think you should rise mm -hmm. above negativity. Be positive. I believe in healing crystals. They help me tremendously. Um, again, it's only self-knowledge that I've learned about healing crystals. They've helped me with my pain because I can't take pain, uh, painkillers other than pain. All I can take is Panadol. And Panadol doesn't help when you've got osteoarthritis and reactive arthritis on top of inflammatory arthritis through, from your neck down to your feet. I can't take painkillers because it'll make my stomach problems worse and I'll lose half my esophagus if it gets any worse. So I turn to healing crystals. I've got a, I don't know if you can see. Oh, excuse, this is, my, this is my craft room. I'm going to just Lovely. Hang on, I've got to turn around because I'm showing you me. I've got, oh, where are they? What have I done? Oh, there they are. I'm having trouble getting the camera in the right position. Sorry. I've got hundreds no and hundreds yeah. of them. There's lots and lots of them. And I'm mm -hmm. edu educating myself what ones will help me. And I've discovered that when I, when I buy the stones, I don't know who they're for. I know if they're for me, but I don't know why I'm pulled to other ones. But if I'm going to visit someone or someone calls me, and we're talking, I will just know that this particular stone I have is for them. So I, I gift it to them um, with the details by looking it all up and researching it of what that stone is, its healing properties, if you believe in it, because everybody has choice. But I think it will help you with what you're being faced with. And it's a gift. And everybody that I've done that with, yeah. since I came across healing crystals, have said they've helped them. So use them with positive affirmations and what you put out into the world comes back. So. Yeah, yeah. Someone in, you know, who's been on the podcast before, um, she makes, I know someone who makes the gem, the different uh, precious gem necklaces too. Mm -hmm. Are you into those? Do you do gem necklaces? I've got my. You get different stones and then you make one. a necklace. This one protects me from evil oh. and gives me strength. It's black tourmaline and, um, Clouded quartz crystal. So, yeah, mm -hmm, I've sure. got a, a lovely um, two two ladies that I've met through a group on Facebook that I buy my crystals from, and one of them has been um, working in this field. She's a real estate agent, but she's had a passion for crystals for forty years, and she'd never met me before. This woman, I sent her a, a message, and you'll see on my Facebook page. I don't give a lot of personal details sharing comment on my health and because I've got a, another group healing oh, holistic health and healing and I just put things up that I think yes. we'll get benefits that's from that's where I must have I yeah. think I came across you on that page yeah because just because we're different and we might have empathic abilities or know things or have disabilities or challenges why should we not be supported and taught any skill that will make our life better and too many people allow others in their education and so forth in work environments to treat them as a lower being. And it's just not right. They shouldn't get away with it. Sounds so hypocritical because I lived in an abusive marriage for all those years. But it was during that time that I realised 
why I stayed. It was my own hang-ups with my upbringing. I was from a divorced family. I didn't want that for my children. I wasn't being hit. We were provided for very well. I just felt really down because I was depressed, is what I felt. But when some serious things started happening, I realised that he had a, his own mental health issues that cannot be helped because he won't ever accept he needs help. And I couldn't live that way anymore because I, I'm not ashamed, but I'm open to admitting that I've tried to commit suicide. I got that low from his mistreatment. I firmly believe with all my heart that my girls would be better off without me in the world because he convinced me that I had no purpose, I had no goals, I was a pathetic mother because I was sick all the time. And at that point of my mental health challenge and struggle, he was able to convince me that he was right. I wouldn't be here now if he hadn't come home an hour early because I was on five different medications at that time. I'm now only on one. Not realising that the doctors weren't communicating and they were making bad side effects happen because they didn't work together. You trust your doctors and your specialists, but since this happened to me, I've learned to research everything I'm asked or told would make my health better before I'll touch it. And I'll challenge them. Say, so I've found this out. I've found this out. It's going to do this. Half the time they never knew because they don't, they get given these drugs and medications by labs, salesmen, and pawn them off to us. And I won't, right. I won't accept that anymore. I question and I research sure, and I look sure, into sure. things. Because we are That's a little bit naive yeah. by that, I think, as human beings, in that we trust the doctors too much. We've got to be responsible for ourselves at the end of at the end of the day, for our happiness. And remember that happiness is not a state, it's the journey you travel to get there. Best thing I was ever taught. I used to think happiness was mm. a state of mind, and it's not. It's the journey you take to find it and get there. Is the happiness. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on. A second. Go. Just hold on a second. What is that? <laughs> what what hold have on I done? Just a second. What what are you doing? Yeah. Can you, so we have a very special here, a very special feature. One of the mm -hmm. features of podcasting right here on Riverside is when a guest says something really good, I can make mm -hmm. sure to highlight it so I can go back to it later when I want to. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? I just want you to repeat what you said. Go ahead and repeat what you said about, Happy. you know, um, yeah. the, the happiness, happiness and, the, and that journey thing. That's worth it. Go back and say that sense again. That really is worth yep. it. Happiness is not a state of mind. It is the journey you take to get there where you will find your happiness. Mm. So think, many people think, think it's, it. it's, it's a feeling and it's not. It's the experience or your journey, your personal journey to find it. And when you find it, you know. But don't, don't look for it. It will just come. Does that make sense? Experience your life. It... Experience your life to the fullest that you can with your means and challenges that you may face. Don't accept crap from people. Don't expect abuse from people. Stand up for yourself, no matter who they are. I don't care if it's the head of police or the president of your country. Stand up for yourself because we're all humans. We're all people. God knows. God knowing, God knows we should stand up to the presidents of our country and our leaders once in a, just once a year. Not every day, once a year. 
yeah, with no repercussions, <laughs> be able to say what we like. I think I could teach them a lot because, right. honestly, through my own life experiences, although they're not widespread, they're involved with what I've had to face and the people that have come in and out of my life. And too many people sure. that have challenges or what I who who are what I consider what you would call an un, the underdog doesn't have anyone to talk for them and speak up for them. I'll speak up for anybody and stand up for them if they want me to. And I'll educate myself with the knowledge I need to be able to do it effectively. Because I love learning. The hardest thing about losing my sight is reading. Reading is my passion. I used to read at least five novels a week. That's how much I love it. I do not like audiology books because I put my own voices, characters, backgrounds, feelings into the character when I read a book. For someone else to read it, sure. does does my head in. And if a movie comes out <laughs> on a book that I want to read, I have to watch the movie first because otherwise I won't like it because the book gives you so much more detail that I pick the movie to pieces. Yeah. The best thing sure. I got, I, mean, right. I, I, I got um, national, it's called NDIS, which is National Disability Insurance Scheme. It was rolled out in Western Australia two years ago. I only applied for it. I applied for it initially, but then had to put it on hold because of my divorce settlement. It would have affected my, my settlement. Um, I've just been allocated funds for help and assistance um, in different areas of my life so that I can, because I own my home outright, which was always a dream of mine. I didn't want to do it by my marriage ending, but so be it. We'll follow the course. But I, I, I love craft. I love doing scrapbooking, cross-stitching. I taught myself to draw about five years ago because I couldn't draw and I wanted to draw. So I watched YouTube videos and learnt to draw. And I'll, I'll show you some photos, uh, pictures and things that I've drawn. I'm not very good at bringing it out of the imagination, but I can look at something and draw it and then perfect it if I keep doing it. Um, I've always been good with words. Like my vocab's always been extensive being in a legal background you have to have that so I started writing poetry and I'm bloody good at it I'll share with some of with some of those I think you might have read one of them and that's what you've initially commented on was a poem that I've written about RP and how it affected my life and made me feel you I remember you contacted me after after it's I possible. posted one of them possible again I don't specifically <coughs> But I don't, I don't specifically remember, me. you know, exactly where and how. Hmm. It was on one of my, it was on one of a group. It was on a group. What? I know that. You, Sorry, you I didn't catch that. What? It was on a group on Facebook. It um, was, but it was a very. But I don't long remember which one. It was a very long time, a very long time ago. I was going through and a lot then. <laughs> I I do not recall exactly hmm. at what moment I. Yeah. Well, I. Well, I it's possible. I left my husband for the last time no, that's three, true. I mean, three that's years true. ago. Yes, I don't specifically. So right. I, I left my husband for the last time three years um, ago, and we met about two months before that through a group. So I was going through a lot. I had to get my strength mentally and physically back to right, fight, right. To fight him, really, yeah. for my rights. Sure. So... But in doing, but in finding my drawing, so uh, I'm it gave me mm -hmm. it gave me um belief right. in myself again. Oh, so good. Mm. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, can, I can go Absolutely. days without talking. Um, Penny, I'm just kind of curious. So you said... <gasps> I'm being cheeky. Sorry. The, um, Penny, hmm. but, well, 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 Penny, I, 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 I just, I just have to too. tell you something. What's that? That we, we only have hmm. about, on this recording, I only have a bit of about another minute. I told you, you we'd love you for an hour to go. a magnificent job today. I'd love to talk to you again. Yeah, um, it's helping me as well. Well, you're for, you are so, forever welcome. You're you're, you. you're forever welcome here. Um, I, I just want to close by saying, do I you admire, have any? I admire you, um, greatly, You must, I must say, if you can ask me, if you can ask me, if you can ask me only one question, only one more question mm -hmm. to really make me sweat to see if I'm really worth my salt as a podcaster. What do you want to know? Where do you want to be when you're my age? What do you want to have achieved? I want to have achieved that. I want to have, to achieve a podcast that truly helps other people. Not just that for other people. Other people I'll, around the blindness community. I mean, for you, for you, what do you want in your personal life? Do you have goals in that area as well as your professional? Well, my, in my personal. That's very important. I. I might, I might have, uh, it is, I, I, might have goals. You are I might have goals, sorry. some of them are, as we say. I didn't mean to make you blush, I'm sorry. The what? You're blushing, You're, I've embarrassed you, I didn't no mean problem. to. Wasn't my no. intention. No, no, that's, that's fine, that, no, no, that's fine. I might have, I might have goals, Good. but we say in the States, we say that we keep, we keep a lot of our goals in the States secret, um, Why? because Why? we don't want people in the future to tell us that we can't steal them from you or to take so, them from you. But probably, but probably I see myself living with some animals and, Do you want children? Uh, Do you want children? and, and things, and things like that. So that's, I mean, that's a really interesting question. So Penny, if someone wants to get in touch with you in the future, mm -hmm. um, how would they be able to do that? If someone wants to contact you personally? Um, probably by my email address, which I don't mind you sharing if people, if you feel that they can gain from that or by asking to join, my, or asking to join my um, Facebook page that I've got, which I've just gone blank at the total full name because it's long. Holistic and Inner Peace and well, Healing. Okay. All right. Well, guys, I think um, Happy to I share advice. you can click the link in the description. As long as people understand, I'm not professionally trained in these areas. It's all from my gut right. instincts, um, mm -hmm. but, but I'm usually right. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been taken advantage of because I, the caring side of me takes over, but I would sure, do that. Sure, so happy, happy sure. to offer my opinion or advice in any area. Well, very, well, very good. All okay. right, everybody. Well, listen, well, listen, well, well, Penny, it was, it was a tremendous honor to have you on, on the Thank podcast you. today. You did a great job. And Thank if you guys you so have much. any questions, you can click the link in the description. I wish you all the, Penny, I wish you the very best of health and luck in your life. And you along too. with all the listeners around the world, very best you of health and luck to you. And as we say here, I usually say it in the outro, but I'll say it right here. Thanks so much, everybody. Stay safe out there and watch help out. one person today. Help watch one million people the tomorrow. Bear, the drop, watch out for the drop bears if you come to Australia. Got it. See ya. Awesome.
You've been listening to Penny's Journey right here on Life Improvement Radio, wherever else you get a podcast or, of course, YouTube. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Um, I wanted to take this time and just say, Penny, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart to, to yours, of course, that you did a truly, you know, you did a truly magnificent interview and we really had to, we, we really kind of came came in to sort of, um, you know, off the cuff and just on the spot and you just did, just did a magnificent, magnificent interview and I, I really loved learning from you and I want to say that I wish you all the very best of luck, really. Okay, so that was a, a great interview uh, with Penny Lawler, okay? And to learn more about her, you can click the link in the description. Um, before I forget, I just want to remind you that today's episode of Aaron's Opinion was recorded on and by uh, Riverside FM. So now we are brought to you, or this episode is brought to you by Riverside FM. Uh, meaning that you guys can click the link in the comment section on Facebook, reply feed on Twitter, or the comments on YouTube to learn more about Riverside FM, okay? To join the public WhatsApp group, 1240-681-9869, 1240-681-9869, Aaron's Opinion 6 at gmail.com, at Aaron's Opinion on Instagram. Um, and I want to take this time, as I always do, to thank you to the Helium Radio Network for syndicating Aaron's Opinion each Thursday at 12 o'clock. Although we know that many of you listen to us any day or any time, but thank you to the Helium Radio Network. It's very generous. Also, I want to thank all of the guests who have already participated, are going to participate, and will participate here on Aaron's Opinion. It wouldn't be the same without you. And of course, then, thank you to the audience all over the world. Of course, our great listeners in Australia, down under, and really anywhere who tunes in each week. Uh, to Aaron's opinion. Okay, so thank you, everyone. I hope that you all learned a lot from Penny Lawler, and I I think that there was a a ton of wisdom for us young folks, for us young people in that episode. There was a ton of wisdom in that one, and I just hope that you enjoyed it and learned from it as much as I did. Okay, that's all I have to say today. Uh, Thanks so much, everybody. Stay safe and healthy out there, and uh, keep keep up your podcasting all all over the universe, and... uh, Yeah, great episode, all right? We'll see you next week, everyone. As I like to say, help one person today, help one million people tomorrow. This is Aaron Richmond, and you've been listening to the Aaron's Opinion Podcast right here on Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network.